when you're standing alone, the mountains and the sea, by the arms of the world, open wide, the truth is as plain as the falling rain, and sure as the time and the tide. And we're back. This is Dump on the Ump, ostensibly a baseball podcast. Welcome. This is Season 5, Week 27, coming at you from Champaign, Illinois. My name is Joel, and with me this Thursday afternoon, as per usual, is Sam. Sam, how's it going? Hey, Joel, this is Sam. I'm broadcasting at you, as usual, from Brooklyn, New York. Um, My hot take this week has to do with the Boston Red Sox. The Boston Red Sox have the best one through three hitting lineups in the major leagues. That's my hot take for the year, and you cannot convince me otherwise. Mookie Betts, Rafael Devers, and Xander Bogarts are the best one through three in major league baseball, hands down. And Raphael D. No, Xander Bogarts is a knight in Aruba. Oh yeah, Xander Bogarts has been knighted in Aruba. That's another hot take. Is he so, from yeah. Aruba? Oh, or Sir Xander? Yeah, he's from Aruba. Him and Didi Gregorius are the two only two Aruban natives in Major League Baseball. That's neat. Sir Xander is a good. I mean, he's not going to drop X Men. No. But he could stop Suzanne also. Right. Yeah. He also, I saw a stat, I believe, no, it's not Bogo, it's Raphael Debus, has the most improved strikeout rate from 2018 to 2019 in all of Major League Baseball. Yeah, I believe that. Uh, He also has the highest average exit velocity of anybody in Major League Baseball this season. Um, And he has the most uh, balls hit with an exit velocity of over 115 miles an hour in Major League Baseball this season. Interesting. Him and Bogarts. Between him, Mookie, and Bogarts, they are, at least two of them are in the top five of every single uh, category, offensive category, other than home runs. Yeah, why? So if he, if and triples also. If Devos has so many such high exit velocity, how many home runs does he hit? Because those are supposed well, to correlate. Yeah, he's more of a line drive hitter, and he uh-huh. didn't hit any home runs in the month of April. And maybe in the month of May, like he didn't, it took a long time for him to get his first home run. So um, he's not much, he's not much as big of a launch angle guy. Uh, He just hits the ball so hard. And like, you can see it, like he had a home run at that game we went to, right? Or was that not that game? JBJ hit a home run. JBJ hit a home run. And I think. He never hit a double or something. Yeah. You can just tell when the ball comes off his bat that it's just smoked. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, but him and and this is another what I think is a very interesting stat is Mike Trout leads 
the league in every single offensive category, as you might expect. Um, But second in RBIs is Xander Bogarts, and third in RBIs is Rafael Devers. And and I think that's very interesting and also telling because Devers bats second and Bogarts bats third. So, like, how many RBIs would Xander Bogarts have if Devers wasn't batting in front of him? You know what I mean? And how many of your eight, nine batters are getting on base? Right. Well, I'll tell you, Mookie Betts is scoring a lot of runs. He's leading the league in runs. with He's on pace to get, like, 150 runs this season or something like that. So have has Boston righted the ship a little bit, do you think? Uh, you know... Maybe they they struggle with consistency, and a lot of it has to do with the starting pitching. Right. Sale had a really great start this today, this afternoon, and he struck out 12 over six innings. He got the win at Fenway Park, which is his first win at Fenway Park in a year, about since like last July. So that's like a good sign. Um, we just signed this guy from Baltimore, Kashner, who's a starting pitcher who's supposed to be pretty good, although he laid an egg in his first start for the Red Sox. <laughs> uh, and then we just got Nate Avaldi was seen sitting in the dugout today. Um, he had a rehab assignment at AAA Pawtucket today um, and then came to join the team to go to Baltimore tonight. So he could be activated to work out of the bullpen starting as soon as tomorrow or the next day which could be a huge stabilizing force. And like, that's kind of what we need is like stabilize our pitching, both the bullpen and the starting pitching. Like if Chris Sale can start consistently putting together good starts and Nate Evaldi can start closing games and give us a little more flexibility in that uh, bullpen to use other guys in more flexible ways, then that would that's what needs to happen to write the ship but that's like still big ifs you know all right well season i'm not gonna say it's a long season but there's still time left for a change to happen in the al east or in the al wild card race well and also like we are playing only division rivals for the next month straight Right. So going from here, we're going to Baltimore, and then we're going to um, Tampa, and then we're coming back to Boston. Tampa's coming with us, and then we're playing the Yankees. And then, or no, we're coming back to Boston, playing the Yankees, playing Tampa, going to New York to play the Yankees again. So, so this they, is this is it. it this is like they, our crucible. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be exciting. All right. Um, again, my name is Joel. My hot take for this afternoon, shout out to my Thai guy, continuing the long tradition of being a shithead Chicago Cubs fan. On Over the weekend, uh, Chicago Cubs Kyle Schwarber hit his first career walk-off home run oh. at Wrigley Field, defeating the Cincinnati Reds 5-3. to three. And you can watch the video ball is going into the left field bleachers barely clears the ivy in the left field and falling into the netted area just behind the wall 
and two little kids are reaching out to snag this ball, and this douchebag just comes out of nowhere and muscles the kids out and grabs the baseball for himself. Oh, yeah, I saw that, actually. (laughs) I was like, I just watched the video this morning, and I was like, yes, this guy. Way to do the Cubs fan thing of stealing a, a home run ball from two little kids, but also way to make little Cubs fans cry because... From experience, that's the best thing ever. Right. What's a, and they call him Mai Tai guy? Yeah, so he was wearing a Cubs jersey, a throwback, or alternate, it was the baby blues, Cubs jersey, that has number zero on the uh, he's jersey number zero, and on the back it says, Mai Tai guy. And oh. the local news caught up with him. Apparently, he is a contractor, I gotta check this, in uh, in Chicago, has been going to Cubs games for over 20 years, and he says he had the jersey custom made because he calls himself Mai Tai Guy, because when he goes to Cubs games, he buys Mai Tais instead of beers to get drunker faster. <laughs> Class act. Yeah, yeah. I was really excited when I learned about this guy. Seriously. <laughs> Where has he been all our lives? Cubs games. Cubs games. <laughs> that guy is like, oh, man. Like, if, if, like, if a Major League Baseball team, like, manifested itself in one body, that guy is the Cubs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that guy is awesome. So hopefully we get more of those. Um, also, I guess I'm going to give a shout out to all of our listeners. Sam and I have been gone on vacation this last week, so it's been a while since we podcasted. But hey, thanks to all you guys who kept listening, even though I was not active on the Internet uh, pushing pushing the podcast. Uh, listeners in White Heath, Illinois, Bend, Oregon, Providence, Rhode Island, Quincy, Bozeman, Buckfield, Maine, uh, Barcelona, Boydeton, Virginia, Harrisville, Rhode Island, New York City, Newport, Rhode Island, Seoul, South Korea. Also, shout out to our two listeners from Vida, Oregon. Uh, well, I think this might be a C-block material. Sam and I were at Marin's wedding this last weekend. Which So I must have gotten drunk and made two people at that wedding listen to the podcast. Do it now! Do it now! <laughs> Give me a phone! Yeah. You're a subscriber now. Um, if you, you listening right now should be a subscriber, subscribe to us on Apple iTunes. Give us a rating, a review, and uh, tell your friends to subscribe. Our last three episodes... Our C-Block, I call Drunken Sabermetrics. Um, We do a good job talking about the ongoing pros and cons of the use of sabermetrics in baseball. We also have an episode where we just talk about baseball at the halfway point, uh, kind of successes and failures of the first half of baseball. So, excuse me, please go check that out. All right, having said that, 
Let's get into today's headlines and right. hot takes. Um, I, uh, I'll start us off here, Jill, if that's all right. Do it. I want to start off the week uh, with the White Sox, Jill. This one's for you. Yeah, I'm ready. Uh, I want to start off the week with the White Sox because that way we'll have nowhere to go but up <laughs> from this point in the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Because the White Sox are kind of at a low point right now. The White Sox are in the middle of an 0-7 skid uh, where they played the Oakland A's and the Kansas City Royals. Am I right? Yep. <laughs> During this streak, they've been outscored 50-17. to 50-17. to 17. So pretty bad. Um, things are looking bad for the pale hose for sure. <clears throat> but... There may be an organizational silver lining in the form of the July 31st trade deadline. So my question to you, uh, as a White Sox fan who follows the team pretty closely, mainly screaming into the ether of the internet on Twitter, um, who do the White Sox have to move? Uh, Like, who do they have that they're willing to get rid of that's desirable to other teams? And what are, who are those other teams and what, return are you looking <clears throat> looking for for those players well let me start off by saying i have promised on the internet to never go on vacation again because <laughs> i leave for this vacation the cubs just split that series i mean the white Sox just split that series with the chicago cubs we were like 42 and 44 flying, things, high. flying high yeah things are looking up i leave I kind of unplug for the most part from the internet for the long weekend, and I come back and I'm like, what the shit just happened? (laughs) (laughs) So shout out also on Twitter to uh, Shy Squatch Stick Talk. She was like, you're never allowed to leave again. So I think think that's something I I have to take into effect. Um, I was waiting personally. I thought the White Sox were going to have this collapse in about a month. I was expecting it to happen in August. We go through a real rough patch at the end of August. And honestly, the White Sox have been overperforming for most of this season, getting quite a few lucky breaks. Um, But it's just fucking embarrassing to get swept in a four-game series to the Kansas City Royals. Right. that's the first time I've been just embarrassed by my team this year. Like the Royals, they're our rivals, and they suck. And we go down there and just get our asses handed to us. So it's definitely the low point, in my opinion, of the Chicago White Sox season so far. Well, that also maybe is a silver lining, that the White Sox didn't let you down super hard until the middle of July. True. <clears throat> And I'd been anticipating it, just not now. Right. Yeah. Um, Okay, so who do they have? They've got the bullpen. This does probably change the Chicago White Sox calculations. We've got a closer, Alex Colomay, and he has been really, really good this season. Lots of teams, I think, would be in the market for him. If you had asked me a week ago, I would have argued that we should not get rid of Colome, that we right. should hold on to him and try to build a bullpen around him. 
that may this week may have changed my calculations on that. I'm not positive. Lots of teams would pay a lot to get Colome. But the question is, like how far back does that put the rebuild? We like the White Sox, in my opinion, we need to be contending for the division next year. Right? Right, because the division's wide open. The division should be open. If we can put together, you know, we're, we've been just below 500 until this skid. And if you are just above 500, you're in contention for this division. Uh, I'm trying to look up Colomay's stats here. Here he is. He's got a 239 ERA. He has tw- he's 20 for 21 in saves this season. In 37 and two-thirds of an innings pitch, he's got... What's his K to walk? He's got 29 strikeouts. I don't know what his K to walk ratio is. But, I mean, he could come in either as a closer or a setup guy because how many teams are in contention who need help in the bullpen? Like, all of them? Yeah, that's like a constant. Yeah. For division, like, play out, like, contending baseball. Everyone needs help in their bullpen. Yeah. Except for maybe the fucking Yankees. Maybe the Twins? I don't know if the Twins have their bullpen taken care of. The other guy whose name has been floated is is the Bummer man, Aaron Bummer. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's one of my favorites. I love that guy. The uh, here, The bumster. <laughs> here comes Bummer. And then, you know, when he strikes someone out, you can be like, that's a Bummer for you. Yeah. Um... He's got a 1.83 ERA in 34 and a third innings pitched. Damn. Yeah. Uh, he's usually our eighth inning guy. And then we've got Jay Fry, who's not as good. He's got a 4.55 ERA. So all of those names have been floated. Colome and Bummer could probably bring in a lot of guys, but my argument is we need them too. And right. what do we get, you know? Do we need more hot bats in the minor leagues? No, we don't. We need pitching. Right. So what you're saying is that you would need to get you'd need to get a return in kind, kind yeah. of. Yeah. And you probably wouldn't get anyone who was major league ready or close to. Right. Because if they had those pieces already, they'd be using them. Yeah. Instead of trying to find you. Yeah, they'd call them up themselves. Right. My, my last point is some folks have brought up Jose Abreu. That's, I was going to ask you about Jose yep. Abreu. Yep. I would be very sad if we right. gave Abreu. I've been, but that makes so much sense to me. To give up he's, a, he's an impact player. He's in the last year of his contract, right? Yep. Yep. He's like the perfect, like you trade him away, you could sign him again at the end of the season, you know? like. Oh, I hadn't <laughs> thought about that. Like, that's what the Yankees did, or somebody did. The Yankees? The Yankees did with the, you know, the wife beater. What's his name? Uh, pitcher or batter? Uh, pitcher. <laughs> Chapman? Uh, Chapman. They yeah. traded him to the Cubs, right? The Yankees and got him. And then got him back, right? So he, and then they traded him to the Cubs uh, and then re-signed him. Back. Yeah. And then they re-signed him. Maybe. A boy who just has been very, very public about how he wants to stay on the White Sox. He doesn't want to go anywhere. He doesn't want to. And I respect that. I think that's great. 
Um, But if you look at it from like an organizational standpoint, you're going to get your best return for like a diminishing value from that guy probably. Yeah. And you could keep your good bullpen pieces probably and still get a good return of young arms, probably one or two for Abreu for half a season. If we could get that and then re-sign Abreu and he's not bitter about that, I would. that's a good move. Because the other thing is, there's a big talk, you know, Abreu, first of all, has been on year after year of shitty Chicago White Sox teams. Right. And he has said, you know, I want to be here if we're going to get good. Yeah. And he is big brother to all other Spanish-speaking players on that team, Moncada especially, and Eloy especially. Right. So, and they've got a real good vibe going in that clubhouse. So, yeah, I see your point. We'll see what happens. Uh, That's what I do. I get rid of him. Yeah, yeah. In a heartbeat. Right. And then, like, try to re-sign him. So he'd, he'd go to... Oh, he would probably send them. No, the Yankees don't need a bat. Who needed a bat? No. <laughs> you could send them to what? The Brewers, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Or the no, not the Braves. Uh, who needs a first baseman? Not, not a lot. There's a lot of good first basemen out there. Yeah, it's true. And he he's well. Who needs a DH? Because we kind of he splits first base DH for us. Right. Yeah. Red Sox could use a DH. Oh, no, we got JD. Right. He was playing in right field today. That's why I said that. Yeah. Well, I don't know. We got a lot of a lot of choices. I mean, I think we should sell. We are now definitely selling because oh, yeah. we, we're in the bottom now, and, and now we got to think about next year. But uh, Oh, and the other thing is everybody's hooked. That's the other shitty thing that happened. Tim Anderson's still on the DL with a bum ankle, and then Eloy did something weird, I think, to his knee. He just kind of, like, collapsed in the outfield, which was really disappointing. Mm. Um, So Eloy's on the DL, Tim Anderson remains on the DL, and here's the last stat. I want to read this stat, and then we'll move on, because we need to move on. But this is the thing that makes me really, you know, like I've been saying, I've been real happy about the Chicago White Sox this season, but this um, this one stat makes me very, very sad. I mean, here it is. Okay, going to read this. This is a uh, shout-out to Patrick Nolan on Twitter. The 2019 White Sox have featured 1,385 plate appearances from Yolmo Sanchez, Ryan Cordell, Yonder Alonso, Charlie Tilson, Jose Rondon, Wellington Castillo, Nicky Delmonico, Adam Engel, Daniel Polka, Zach Collins, A.J. Reed, Sebi Zavala, and Ryan Goins for a combined OPS plus of 58. Now, OPS average, league average OPS plus is 100. Right. And so we have... Over 1,300 plate appearances from a rotating cast of who the hell is that guy? Right. For barely half of league average. Right. That's the rotating cast of Manny Machado bait. 
<laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, I don't. Wait, yeah, Yonder Alonso. Yeah. God. Thank <laughs> so, yeah, we got to fix that too. So, well, how long did you sign Yonder for? I have no idea. That's good. He, we DFA'd him. Oh, you did? Yeah. He, yeah. You fired him? Yeah. I like that they call it DFA'd, and really it's just like, we, we are going to pay you, but we don't want you here anymore. Exactly. <laughs> like, we realize you're under contract, but you need to get the fuck out of here. You suck, dude. Yeah, we don't yeah. want you in the minor leagues. We don't want you in the major leagues. We'd prefer if you left the state entirely. <laughs> give us your forwarding address. We'll send you your check. Yeah. Uh, all right, moving on. How about, all right. It has been, we have five minutes. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Do you want to do All-Star Game or Hall of Fame? Uh, I guess let's talk about the All-Star Game. All right. Because we can talk about the Hall of Fame next week or yeah. whenever. All right. The MLB All-Star Game was last week with the AL All-Stars winning, as usual, 4-3. to three. Uh, I picked the NL to break the streak. It did not happen. Sam, you were right about yeah. that. Yeah. As usual. As usual. And this is the seventh or eighth year in a row the AL has won that game. Well, I think it's like nine out of ten years or some yeah. crazy shit like that. Yeah. Uh, one thing that this all game, all-star game featured, I shit you not, was commercials between batters. So it was one down in the third inning. And they show a 20-second commercial for Frank Thomas's unapproved testosterone supplement. The ADA has not approved this, ladies and gentlemen. Don't right. let, I love Frank Thomas. Don't let him trick you. Don't, Don't let him make you think he can make your dick bigger. He's not a doctor. He's not, Frank Thomas is not a doctor. <laughs> Sam, do you think that the mid-inning commercials were just a shitty way of MLB and Fox trying to squeeze every last penny out of the withering carcass of the All-Star game, or are they using the game to test to see if fans will stand for that kind of fucking nonsense? Uh, I think it's the second one. I think that they at least... Guinea I mean, pigs. I think that They're it's using us as guinea pigs. I think that Fox is like trying to squeeze in as much commercials as they can. And I think that we like, keep your eye out, but we maybe will see this in the world series also. Because uh, well, <laughs> if you think about it, like the Yankees play commercials on their jumbotron at the stadium, like in between batters, that's a thing uh-huh. that they do. Uh-huh. And it's like kind of to be expected because it's the Yankees and they're just horrible, horrible, horrible. Right. People. Right. Horrible. Yeah. Fucking horrible people. I have a story about that next block. To remind <laughs> me of that. Um, but I, I feel like Fox especially is going to try to start. I mean, if you think about it, it's like they have things are sponsored and they're like, oh, every home run is, you know, Lexus is going to give you $500 to charity. Right. And it's like a Lexus plug, you know. Right. But I feel like, <clears throat> you know. Fox is going to cut out the middleman and actually just start playing actual commercials mid-inning. Did they even do the thing where you can still see the guy at bat on, like, the screen? Yeah, Yeah, okay. It was like a screen-in-screen sort of thing. I know what you're talking about. 
you, Sam, you brought this idea up originally, and I'm going to repeat it here, that all of MLB's proposed rule changes that ostensibly are for shortening the games are in reality a ruse to try to create more ad time for commercials. Right. Right. I, I think you're on to something with that. And this that's really why they're worried about baseball not being profitable anymore. anymore. I mean, it's got, ladies and gentlemen, it has nothing to do with fan attendance at the ballpark. That's a fraction of revenue now. Yeah, that's it's, not even a fraction of revenue. It, it's a fraction of a fraction. Right. Yeah. It's all about TV revenue. And that means ads. Nobody cares also, about... I think that, I think that baseball... It's not not profitable. I think baseball is the most profitable Wildly sport in America. Profitable. Yeah. Let's. Uh, That's because they have the most ad time. Let's fact check that. I bet you NFL is more profitable. I don't know, man. Yeah. Uh, but but people are like freaking out about baseball withering up and dying. It's not. It's not you guys. It's people don't go to baseball games anymore because it's hot. And it's expensive, and we all have big screen TVs. Right. Yeah. With high def. With high def. Right. I still go to baseball games. I still go to baseball I'll games. I throw that out there. <laughs> yeah. No, people like us still go to baseball games. The hardcore yeah. fans still go to baseball games. And so let, let's end on this. I want to ask you a question about that. Sure. Because what is the point of the All-Star game? I would I would contend that it's not aimed at people like us who go to baseball games, who love baseball already, and are not at risk to stop watching baseball. It's the casual fans, and it's their attempt to get new fans in. Yeah, I think so. Um, they did a lot of things, which maybe they've done in past years. I don't know. I don't usually watch too much of the All-Star game, but they had like players mic'd up and the you yeah. know, Joe Buck was like interviewing people during the game. Um, and that was like, you know, they have players mic'd up in regular games, but they'll like show clips in retrospect. Um, but this one, they were like actually interviewing people on the field during the game. Yeah. Which I thought was stupid, but I could see like, you know, I'd never heard Francisco Lindor chat casually. And I, that was kind of cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I think that definitely um, they're trying to. I mean, I think that they probably are trying to do use that as a, a way to get new fans. I don't think that it'll work, though. XLB idea. I liked talking to Cody Bellinger in the. Uh, yeah. Uh, and it was Christian Yelich, too. I like them getting talked at by Joe Buck in the field. XLB idea. The away team has microphones in their ears that are hooked up to fans in the stands so that you can shit talk right into their earpiece. Throughout right. <laughs> right. And like the really good teams like get Hannibal Lecter to like be the guy in the fan. <laughs> they right. get like really messed up like psych- psycho killers to and like talk to these with the the with a good Chianti. Yeah. <laughs> Mike Trout. <laughs> this animal like 
Yeah, Mike Trout would not take much urging to eat his own brain, I feel like. <laughs> also, I don't feel like it'd be a huge detriment to his game, no, either. <laughs> oh, man. No, we have to come back to this idea. That's genius. And that could be a huge market. Like, which actors are, like, Shakespearean actors or stand-up comedians would, like, be able to get paid to be the, the designated shit taco for their teams? Yeah. No, definitely. Yeah. That would be that would be like a long list of applicants for that job. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay, cool. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, this has been Joel and Sam for Dump on the Ump. This has been the A Block. Today has been what Thursday, July seventeenth, eighteenth. Damn. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, once again, please. Find us on Apple iTunes. Give us a rating, a review, and a subscription. If you like what you hear, tell a friend. Follow us on Twitter at Dump on the Ump, and you can also like our Facebook page. Check us out on WordPress.com and or SoundCloud.com, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you again so much for listening. Have a good afternoon and a pleasant tomorrow. Is next to me. That's the way it began.